Maybe you can tell from the, the panel setup, or maybe you saw on the way in that there's an India theme at the Welcome Center, and that is because uh, Pastor Guna and Victoria, who uh, you can see over here, I'll hold the applause because I'm going to invite him up after a short time in the Word um, to really give some vision and understanding to what our church is doing through Guna and all of the, the work of the pastors in India. And I cannot, I cannot state it clearly or uh, effectively enough to, to say how appreciative I am for Pastor Guna in my life and for the health of our church. I know some of you are probably here week one. This is your first time here. Some of you maybe within the last couple of years have come here. And it is so difficult to describe how important the ministry in India has been to our church over the last uh, 34 years now. One of the, the ways that we have seen God just bless us as a church to see him on the move in our world is through the incredible faithful work of India. And so you're going to get to hear about that this morning. I'm going to um, we're going to go through the Word. So if you have the Bible, uh, Mark chapter 6, you can turn there. We're, we're going to jump ahead into the storyline of the Gospel of Mark because um, I'm looking in the Word as a reference point to some of the things that we are seeing happening in India and what we've seen in the faithfulness of God over the years. And I cannot help but see the way that Jesus was able to Put the power of God on display, the care and the love and the compassion of the Father's heart for the people in the story in Mark chapter 6 of the fish and loaves feeding 5,000 people. So we're going to briefly look at that this morning as a way to look at the real history of this story so we better understand Jesus as he came onto his earthly ministry, but also, as we already sang, the same God then is the same God now. And what Jesus is doing in this moment to, to care for people, to provide hungry people with food, is not just a moment of history. It is a characteristic of the heart of God that we get to see in real life uh, through the mission of India. And so we're going to study this as a way to, to hopefully ask Guna some questions about uh, what he's doing in India. And before we get into the story, I just want to take an attempt to, to, to share a little vision as to how important India is in my own life. Um, so if, you, if you'll put on the, uh, the, time, the time travel cap to 2008. 2008, I was sitting uh, up in the balcony at the, the, where this guy's standing right now. So perfect. You, you give me a, a reference point. So I was sitting up there, 2008. I had gone to this church off and on since I was a boy. Certainly knew who God was, had an understanding of the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He, um, he's got a plan for my life, but I just didn't know what it was. And I, I know I'm not alone in that. When that, you're in that stage of life where you're trying to figure out what your identity is in Christ, in career, in the world that God has placed you in. And I just remember sitting up there, coming to church as just a, a, a way to try to hear from God. And it happened to be on a Sunday where they were inviting people to sign up for an India mission trip. And I don't know why, because I was not real involved with church at the time. I didn't serve in any kind of local ministry or anything in the church. But uh, I just, something pricked my heart. And I said, I, I want to go on that trip. I want to see 
what God is doing in India. I'd heard so many stories. And by God's grace, saved up enough money. And in March of 2008, I went for the first time and visited the mission field that is Calvary Chapel in India, led by Guna. And it absolutely changed my life. And I want to share that story because what we find in Jesus providing practical provision, caring for hungry people, in the story that we'll read and also in the, in the ministry of India, is one of the most powerful ways that God can answer the question of who he is in your life. Uh, so often, as we do on Sunday mornings or maybe in your own devotional time, we study God's word and we try to understand who God is by spending time with him in his word. And that is absolutely encouraged, and it will give you spiritual maturity just knowing him through his word. But time and time again, as we go through our series in the Gospel of Mark, we're going to see that Jesus does not only make himself known through teaching. He makes himself known by practical ways that he provides for people's lives. And when I saw what Guna and the pastoral team in India were doing to bring Christ and the gospel in a cup of cold water, as it were, to care for orphans, to provide for widows. Uh, the, the big work in India, one of the blessings that happened years ago was that it, Guna leads one of the few organizations in India that's willing to take in not only orphans, but orphans with special needs in HIV and AIDS. They have a just grace of God that they will touch the untouchables. They will care for those who are the farthest away from the community. They'll bring food to lepers and touch them and pray for them. And when I saw that as someone who was wrestling with my own uh, call of God, it made everything come alive. And so uh, I want to spend some time this morning hearing stories from Guna, encouraging all of us that as we study the word Sunday morning by Sunday morning, it is a blessing to our soul. And it is also an invitation to see God move in the real world in a practical way. So I hope that as we go through this and as we get a chance to talk to Guna and the Send Hope director, uh, Drew, this morning, that we will be stirred for a real move of God. Not, not simply a Bible study, but a real move of God. Because the same God that is moving in the stories that we're going to read about and moving in India is moving now, and he wants to be known in a real and practical way. So briefly, let's look at this, because we're going to use this as a reference point to some of the things that God has done in India. It says in verse 30 of Mark chapter 6, the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all the things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So there's the combination. Jesus sends his disciples earlier in the chapter to go take part in practical ministry. They're sent by God with authority to cast out demons, to teach, and to minister to people. And they come back and they're like, it actually works. They come back to Jesus and they want to tell him everything that they did. And what does Jesus say to them? And, and maybe this is for some of you this morning, just as a reminder that God is going to use your life. He's going to call you to do things. He's going to stretch you beyond your own resources. And you're going to come back excited that in the name of Jesus, there is power to move in the world. And Jesus hears all that they've done and taught. And he says, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest. That's one of God's design for all of us as we follow him, is to see the authority of his name to make a move in the world, and then to come right back to Jesus, and to rest with him, and to make sure that we are continually hearing his voice, getting the empowerment of his spirit, and doing everything that we can in directive of what he has for our life. And so the, the story is going to shift from them going and ministering to them attempting to find some rest for their soul. 
For there were many coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. The disciples are so busy serving people that they're not even taking care of themselves, and Jesus wants to take care of that. So he says, so it says, they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. Their goal is to go on their prayer day, to go find the wilderness, get outside of the, the city life, to turn off the cell phones, just spend some time in the word, get in the, get in the presence of God and be refreshed. And then verse 33, but the multitude saw them departing. And many knew him and ran there on foot from all the cities, and they arrived before him and came together to him. So the attempt of the disciples to have their rest day, to have their nice calm Sunday morning, and it's just time to be refilled. And what happens? This is the real world. There are people that do not respect our time of privacy and alone time, that need God. And the disciples have gone to seek rest. And so many people were hungry for the power of God. There were so many people were hungry to get close to Jesus that they followed him from all the cities. And by the time they get to this quiet place, by the time they get to their retreat center, there's thousands of people waiting for them. And this is going to now reveal to us one of the hearts of God in Christ that we can continually look for as we go through our Way of the Lord series. What is the way of God when he sees hungry people that don't respect uh, the timeline of rest? It says that when Jesus sees this in verse 34, he came out and saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So as he's going to find rest, he sees these people, they're hungry, and it says his heart is moved with compassion. And that is one of the reference points that I love about the person of Jesus that we follow. In a world where we can identify with this, this, uh, this moment that Jesus sees, sheep without a shepherd, scattered and hungry people. They don't know where they're going. They don't, have, they don't necessarily know their purpose they don't even really have the answers for their life, but they know that they're hungry. And Jesus says, I can work with that. I'm moved with compassion for people who are actually seeking me. And we live in a time that rightfully we can overlay Mark chapter 6 into our own day. We live in a time where more and more and more and more young people could be clearly identified as sheep without a shepherd. There are so many different philosophies in our world right now of what you should do with your politics and your money and your time and your resources, and everybody's got an opinion, and no one is shepherding the souls. And we can see it in our day, and then we look at what's happened in India. There's a continent of a billion people, and many of them struck in with poverty. Many of them do not have the luxury of a church system at every corner that they could walk in and just know God. And yet, there is a move of compassion to do the work of God in spite of energy levels and a desire for rest and a desire for alone time and a desire for the American dream. There is a move of compassion to see scattered people as people in need of shepherding. And that is what is so beautiful about the, the times that we live in in this portion of scripture in, the, in Matthew chapter 9, the same story is told, and it says Jesus looks out and he sees the scattered sheep and he says, that's a harvest. You may get annoyed that you got all these sheep that are running around and messing up your lawn and eating the shrubs. And Jesus says, I actually see with a compassionate heart an opportunity to shepherd souls into the kingdom of God to give them an identity and a purpose. 
And so what does he do? He teaches them. And then it says in verse 35, when the day was now far spent. So I don't know if when you're visualizing this story, maybe you have Jesus about to care for these people and it's a nice sunny day, but this is an evening setting. Jesus has poured out his entire life to care for the spiritual needs of people. And now it's nighttime. They've been seeking Jesus throughout the day and he's been comforting them and caring for them and shepherding their souls and now it's night and so his disciples are like okay time to punch the clock it's nighttime we came for a retreat what should we do with all these people and the disciples uh, come to Jesus in verse 35 and they say this is a deserted place it's already late send them away that they may go to the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread for they have nothing to eat and this is where Jesus is going to offer some correction to the disciples to discipline them or to give them discipleship. When those who are following Jesus see a need, there may be a temptation to say, hey, send them off that they can figure it out. When those of you who are following Jesus look out into the world that we see right now, if you're like me at times, you think, God, these people need help. Send them that they can find it. Hopefully these lost souls that do not know God and are so confused about the state of the world, can we just send them off that they would find some sort of uh, reprieve because we're trying to study the word. We're trying to worship God. We're trying to really be religious people. So if we could just get these scattered people out of our way, we're like the disciples. It says, let them buy their own food. Let them find their own way. And what does Jesus say in verse 37? He says, you give them something to eat. This is, a, this is about to be one of the miracles of Jesus so that we both know his authority in miraculous ways and we also know his heart of compassion and God can work however he wants. We just sang a song, he breathes and the planets come into existence. If God wanted to, he could have rained bread and fish from heaven and they could have gathered it up and had enough for their, their lunch tomorrow. But what did God's design call for? It called for people to give them the resources that God miraculously would provide. And that is the story of India. That's the story of any healthy church realizing that we are being blessed by the word of God so that we can take part in distributing the word of God. We're being blessed by the abundant life that God has for us in his spirit so that when we see the people scattered, we can take part in the shepherd's heart to gather them. And so Jesus says, give them something to eat. And then they ask a question that I hope some of you are stirred to ask today. Because God is calling every single one of you to do things that are not only hard, but are impossible. I'll never forget years ago, someone said, man, I feel like God is always calling me to hard things. I said, it's not hard. It's impossible. God is not calling you to do things that you really need to you know, focus on and do 100 push-ups in the morning and save enough money to, 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 to actually provide the way. God is calling every single one of us to do things that are impossible apart from God. That's the, the nature of God's design is that he's calling us to follow him in such a way that we actually need to follow him, that we actually need to trust him, that we're actually living our lives in a step of faith and in a trust of God that would be impossible unless we did things like this. God, what does your word say? Because we're lost. God, uh, fill us with the power of your presence in worship because without you we're dry. God, stir in us with a tiny amount of faith that we have more faith because if we didn't have faith in you, we would do nothing. And so he says, what do you have? What do you have? How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, 
five and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. Remember, the, the story is, is taking us down a road where Jesus is about to provide sustenance and food for 5,000 men. And the offering that the disciples can come up with is five loaves and two fish. And what is Jesus' response? First, we look at what it's not. Well, that's not going to be enough. Go out and find some more. Because that's, that's like, do the math. 5,000 people and five loaves, they each get a crumb. He says, okay, I can work with that. And that is the character of God that is the same today, yesterday, and forever. God will work with the offering that you give him. Your job is not to provide the miracle. Your job is to provide a small seed of faith that God will use. And when we look for the faithfulness of God, we don't have to stop at the Bible. We can see that the faithfulness of God will use a small offering in a church, in a ministry, in a mission field, in an entire continent. And the story of India brings me to this passage of scripture because it is a story time and time again. It is a history riddled with tiny offerings that God expanded to, to bring a work that started between uh, Boise and Bangalore in small, tiny way, now covering the continent of India. Thousands and thousands of people have been baptized. Hundreds of churches have been planted. Orphanages throughout all of these states, and people, or, or people have brought their kids, or, or orphanages have been found, and, and orphans have been brought up and sent out. Thousands of them have now gone to college. And that starts with a tiny offering of faith that one tiny church in Boise, Idaho could actually make a difference in the world. It's five loaves. It's two fish. And the encouragement for you this morning is to say, why will you not step out in faith? Is it because your resources are too small? Is it because you don't, you're not quite ready? Your theology is not sound? You don't have enough money? You don't have enough time? You don't have enough fill in the blank? This morning, we look at a story that says, give me what you've got. I'll take anything, and I'll make it work. And Jesus does just this. He commanded them to make them all sit down in our groups on green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. Remember, as we study Mark, he, he always inserts words of importance. Why does he mention the green grass? Because earlier in the, in the beginning of the scene, as we look at this, the action scene of the Gospel of Mark, the problem that Jesus is solving is that these are sheep without a shepherd. He's not just giving them food because they're hungry. They're going to get hungry again tomorrow. He's showing himself as the shepherd of these people. He's saying, I will now be the shepherd. And when you read Psalm chapter 23, that the Lord is the shepherd and he will cause you to lay down in green pastures next to still waters. And when God is your shepherd, you shall not want. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, I am the Psalm 23 shepherd. I am the good shepherd, and in me you will have life, and you will have life abundant, and you will have rest for your soul, and your tiny resources will be multiplied so that your life can make a difference, and you will have purpose, and God will be glorified. That, that all comes from this one insert that it was the green grass. He said, sit down. He says, I'm the shepherd of their souls. And then the story goes on. When he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, and he blessed it, and he broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples before them, and the two fish he divided among them all, so they all ate, and they were filled. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And they took up twelve baskets full of fragments of fish, 
Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000. So today we look at this story and we say, God, we just proclaimed. And I looked out. I had tears in my eyes. You all proclaimed. We are singing to the same God. We sang to the God of all creation this morning. We sang to a God of miracles this morning. We study a God of multiplication this morning. Are we studying a God of distant past? Or are we studying a living God who still has the power to use your life with whatever offering you have for him? And so as you think about that question, I want to share some stories from the ministry that is happening from our church. This is not a ministry partner. We're not flying in Guna from you know, a major uh, mission organization that has done great work in India. This is a man who walked into our church in 1989. And he, was, he offered himself as a servant of the Lord, and he was sent back into his home country to do a work of God that continues to this day. This is a story of our church. God has placed you in this church to take part in the story and the history of what he's done to show himself faithful, to move in our world. And so I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of the time that we have in a way that I, I, I wish I could allow you to see the joy in my heart for this moment. Um, I shared so that you would know, I probably would not be in ministry unless God had allowed me to see he really is a living God. He really does care for orphans and widow, widows when I went and visited Guna for the first time. And I don't know if we'll ever do this again. Guna is 60-something is years old. It's not easy to travel. I don't know if any of you will ever get to go to India and see it firsthand. And so this is a moment for you to take part in what God has done in the faithfulness of this beautiful bond he has given us. And so I just want to say, um, before I introduce him, how honored I am that you are who you are in the kingdom. You are a hero of the faith in my life and for our church. So if you guys would please stand. And help me welcome Pastor Guna. And I'm going to have Drew come up as well from Send Hope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It's a great privilege. I feel very inadequate to stand here. Um, I you know. I... My wife and myself, you know, we have stood many times here. And uh, it's really a joy, joyful moment in my life today. It's like a celeb I'm celebrating <laughs> my joy with you today. Thank you for accepting us. And just we will continue. Thank you. Thank you, Gunnar. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So... Just to kind of give you a framework of what we're going to do, I just want to have these guys introduce themselves and what they're up to, and then I'm going to show you a short video, and I'm just going to ask you some questions, Guna, about how maybe you can relate to the passage of scripture we read this morning and how you've seen God provide in miraculous ways in India, and then uh, I would love for all of you to just get a chance to, to say hello to Guna, so he'll be in the, at the Welcome Center after this, but... Um, so, Guna, you, you've been in the ministry, you've yeah. been working with Calvary Boise since 1989, 89. 34 years now. These 34 years, you know, really speaking, I was brought up in an orphanage, and uh, I, 
with through one of the sponsors from germany ulrich he sees the one who helped me to come up in my life i completed my master degree in social work i had to work in the same organization which supported me then the organization also then i thought of supporting many orphan children because i was brought up in the orphanage i lost my father i have never seen my father's face my mother went to sri lanka she got me then my mother also left me so i was put in the orphanage there's a story my mother married again she got few children three children one of the children was given for adoption the in garden valley bank uh, garden valley so so his your sister mm. this is just a god thing uh, your sister was adopted from india yeah and the people that adopted her lived in garden valley garden idaho valley. okay so i happened to you know when i was working for the organization after my master degree told years that was the time i wanted to see my sister actually she came there uh, to india and she invited me to to come, come to idaho come back here and she also thought that i would get some work and i would settle down here better way good job and everything you know then uh, uh, but god changed my life you know when i was uh, 17 year old in the orphanage i accepted christ in my savior therefore i had the you know zeal of salvation in my heart wherever i go i used to have a time with god and everything so when i came to garden valley i didn't find much time in prayer uh, and fellowship with god so i was seeking for the fellowship so with my uh, sister i came here to sell the uh, plants flowers when you <laughs> flowers you were selling flowers flowers yeah. okay yeah. garden valley there. yeah did you bring any today <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, i came to albertson okay just to supply the flowers <laughs> okay <laughs> so next to albertson there was a small calvary chapel you know so if you guys have ever driven you probably have drive down coal coal in fairview there's an albertson still there to this day yeah and there's a church now called the well i believe and that at the time was calvary chapel boise so some of you probably remember that a very select few of you unless we were doing like 20 services back then but uh yeah. so he, you go from albertson's and then you just happen to walk into, walk into the, a church yeah i met one sister marge james marge james and uh Pastor Frank Reese. And Frank Reese, who is Frank here? I think he was here maybe first service, but yeah. yeah so you, him, you met Frank. Yeah, and then uh, I expressed my, when I, I was in need of fellowship and everything, he said, my pastor, Bob Caldwell, is in Bangalore now. So <laughs> at the time, um, our pastor was in India looking for an opportunity to do mission work in India. So <laughs> he didn't make any connections, but by the time he got home there was a indian man waiting for him <laughs> in the yeah that's the way the connection started that's the beginning then uh, you know in my heart i want to do something for india i didn't like actually i came to america to just to earn lot of money that was a motive to support some orphan children in india that was all thing but god changed the whole picture went back and uh, we uh, pastor bob calvert sent 20 dollars from calvert chapel so I, I, my conscience was not good i said okay this 20 dollars must be used for the sunday school or some ministry we started a small sunday school in the non christian area the slum that rent we, we gave as a rent for this money 
So we started as a church sending, it was $20 a month. Yeah, yeah $20. So we made an offering of $20 a month, $20 a month. to start, and, and we'll do the, the conversion rate on $20 a month equals five loaves and two fish. That's, that's yeah. what we, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. all we were sending. That's you. true. That's good. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I agree. So, not much. <laughs> no. Now I get, uh, you know, uh, now the director is sending a lot of money. <laughs> but only he sends every month, every month, you know. So uh, by the grace of God, now we have, you know, uh, multiplied as uh, it multiplication. We started say. with one church in 89. Mm. And how many no. churches? Can we, can we show the, the slide of the churches just to see? Now, 67 built churches. Then 125 uh, home churches uh, in the homes. So praise God, praise yeah. God. Yeah. So it's the it's all a because small of offering you. Yes, yeah, has been multiplied. I thank God. I thank the people of the Calvary Chapel. Boy, say really, it's a God's appointment. Still, I in my heart, in my wife's heart, we all believe that it's a God guided, God provided. Now, still, I must ask God to provide everything, even the future. Amen. So, yeah. Amen. So, well, so. The, maybe heard that, sl- that saying before. It's kind of a Calvary Chapel saying, but yeah. I think it yeah. belongs to Guna. Yeah. Where God guides, God provides. God provides. And every step of the way, he's yeah. given you yeah. a calling that really, I'm just so in, in appreciative of you as an example of my faith, because yeah. he always asks you to do things that yeah. seem impossible. Yeah. Simple, yeah. I, from the beginning, I... My wife and myself decided not to borrow even single penny for your family or the ministry. So God honored that one until today. We never borrowed any money. We wanted to live with the money availability. Now he sends the money every month that I praise God. because uh, So we, we pray that Lord give us the, our daily bread. Amen. You know, daily Amen. bread, you know. So Amen. not to trust any organization or anyone 100% trust on God. That's the testimony I, uh, I leave to my orphan children. Already 2,400 orphan children, they left, they were graduated, they are well settled, many are uh, church elders, they planted churches in India. Apart from that, 70 children are working as a full-time minister in Calvary Chapel, in our ministry. Amen. So 2,500 kids yeah. over these years have come through the orphanage, graduated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they've gone on to, to, to do awesome things. Many of you have been their sponsors throughout that time and uh, sending them all the way into college. And now 70 mm. in the organization Calvary Chapel in India, yeah. 70 orphans are now pastors, elders, mm. nurses, and caregivers from the orphanage. So yeah. that's, a, that's the biggest blessing. Uh, the uh, biggest blessing, so we have, you have invested, you have invested a lot of money on the children. The, uh, now the children has grown, especially the children born with HIV and AIDS. These children, they lose their parents when they are very young. So they are full orphans, most of them. They are also suffering with the disease. They are very much rejected from the community. They were separated. The government didn't have the program for them. The reason they do not know, they could not get any staff, any caregiver, because the HIV children needs caregiver, the HIV caregiver only infected. 
so in that way god has blessed us to spread our ministry in 10 states now we are waiting to send our missionaries in other states totally we have india 28 states and we want to send the missionaries to all over the states while this time while flying i was meditating the chapter 54 isaiah where it is mentioned that the chapter isaiah 54 first seven verses i was meditating where it says extend your tent you know enlarge your tent yeah. amen the, amen that's a good promise god has given so i am coming with the promise of god that god is going to meet uh, uh, the other states of india with your prayer and with your support with amen. the leadership of pastor Uh, Tucker Amen. that's i believe it Amen. god will do Amen. <laughs> big, Amen. big things so this is this is pastor guna and uh, so grateful for all you do i'm going to ask you some questions about the ministry i want to give you a chance to meet drew um and just give you a, a short intro and you can tell us a little bit about where you guys are at but um th- this really is a ministry that was born in our church and and as it grew it was it just became clear that it kind of outgrew just our church and so uh we we moved india from just our normal kind of missions giving into its own nonprofit and they now have partnerships with more churches than just ours um there are orphans that are supported beyond this sanctuary which is a amazing gift of god and um they're they still work right upstairs and if you ever uh see the upstairs window you'll see a big dove on one of the glass and this is Drew's office for Send Hope so uh we've called that organization Send Hope and Drew has been called by God to lead that you're doing an amazing job and um it's just I'm just grateful for your leadership to take all of the stateside support and vision for how we as blessed Americans can serve the least of these across the world and um this is Drew leading that now as the director of Send Hope. So thank you for doing that and and how's that going? Amazing. Day by day. Yeah. Yeah, amen. <laughs> as, yeah. as I'm learning how to uh run an organization, um working across the world, the partnerships we've been able to build, it's just it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works to guide, direct and unify us as brothers and sisters in Christ living 12 hours apart. Yeah. Um every time I email them, it's the the morning or the evening or or whatever but yeah. we have to sort all those things out. So it it's been a phenomenal 2 years. Um God is so good has just given us our daily bread. But um yeah, I just consider it a privilege just along some of you guys, you know, being here in the US, being able to be a part of what God is doing whether it be in India or other parts of the world or our own community. Just such a gift what we get to do to see him at work. Yeah. Um just constantly in awe on it. Yeah. Amen. Recently you visited it's a great yes. blessing to us. you know you survived with us you slept on the floor and yeah. traveled in the train <laughs> and you you know that that is the big lesson for us just to come and spend more, more than that you came with a newborn baby i did <laughs> i did make a big risk i put my baby in the luggage and we took him over tom and, yeah. he came with the tom and then daniela yes so these are the good model for our our workers yeah say how immediately american means everybody thinks that they are printing uh, dollars and they are sending that's what they money. think <laughs> well money. we kind of are right now but <laughs> yeah. they have a lot of money yeah. you know simply they are sending but the way you people and recently sister dothi came with the team uh, send up uh, that is uh, 52.4 uh, they 
So the real model, they sacrifice. They, pray, they went to the, wherever, whatever the food, put it, they, they ate. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. without any discrimination. They yes. touch the people, they touch the lepers. Yes. They touch the Praise babies God. of the HIV babies, you know. Yeah. That is a big encouragement for our children. Though the children are rejected by their own community, here is the one group, the children of God, considered Amen. to be children of God, Amen. coming and uh, touching and uh, blessing them. Uh, you know, that is the big well, it's, blessing. And it's such a mutual, just like all blessings, all mm -hmm. blessings are really mutual. Because to, to go to India and to, you know, sit and sleep on the floor and eat rice with the orphan kids, mm -hmm. play with them, mm -hmm. go to the leper colonies, it really stirs in us yes. a desire for God to see him in yeah. the heart of God on display is a yeah. blessing to anyone who can, can go to India. Yeah. Well, our desire is to, my desire, our desire is to make some prayer warriors. Nowadays, it's very difficult to do open ministry, uh, openly go and give the tracts or preaching the gospel. It's very difficult. But what God give the direction presently, we must make many prayer warriors. Pray, pray, pray. In, uh, you know, that's why uh, you know, we started a fasting and praying for three days in a year, uh, continuously. Nowadays, God has blessed us with our nine locations in our church. Nine, uh, soon after I go there, we'll have a, I will go and in one of the places and we support my wife and my husband three days fasting and praying, encouraging many believers to what is the meaning of prayer, how we can get things from God, 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 you know, the prayer life, then meditation, the applying the word of God in our own life. Recently, Pastor Tucker came, 2020 February, he opened a Calvary Bible village. That is considered to be the place of learning the word of God uh, in the different level, from children to adults, in different, so many, many retreats and many training. Now, you know, what, there was a time, in the same stage, I, I had a, a blessing time, blessed time with, uh, talking with uh, George Wilber, the founder of the Operation Mobilization. Yes. So he said, that still I remember the statement. He made a beautiful statement. If the, the rat knows how to enter into the house, if the doors are closed, the, death, uh, the rat knows how to enter into <laughs> the house. That, that is the statement, you know. In, in, in India, many doors are closed, but we know how to <laughs> enter. Handle, <laughs> so give the gospels. Or the rats set by <laughs> That's God. prayer. <laughs> yeah, the same stage. Yes. I learned the lesson. So let me, let me say it again just in case I miss it. Uh, Guna says the rat knows how to get inside the house. You know, you try to lock it out and somehow those little mice sneak their way in. Yeah. And in, in India, there's many closed doors. They try to keep the gospel out. But like a good mouse, <laughs> Guna, through prayer, God will yeah, get yeah. you in. Yeah. When we pray, God works. Yeah. That is, that is, when we pray, God gives the wisdom, what to do, how to do, Amen. when to do. Amen. So then we can reach the right Amen. people in the right time. Yes, yeah. uh, I want to say the one story and uh, finish. Uh, recently, nowadays, the government is a non-Christian government, very much against the Christianity. So um, they are filing cases, false cases against many of the workers, especially I, I was in the one of the victims two months before. There was a big complaint given by my neighbor, 
property, that's a big property, six place properties that the neighbor gave the complaint to the police stating that Gunasekaran uh, wanted to kill me. He, he attacked me with a big, big wood and my, my wife and everything suffered and my, then he abused me with the many bad words. Then he said that he, he already acquired my own property and many things he has written. False, 100% false. Of course. Um, he yeah. gave to the police people, the police high author, higher authority, called me for the inquiry. In the meantime, my son went and gave the, all the papers, the properties not belonging to them. My dad didn't do any work because he doesn't know even the right language to speak with him. Many things he gave the reply. After giving the reply, they called me, the top officer, police officer called, called me for the inquiry. I had to go for the inquiry by traveling three hours by car. My son and my, myself, just we visited, just on the way, uh, after one and a half hour, I received a call from one of my colleagues. He said, the girl who came about in July, the HIV-infected girl who came 16 years old, who came two months before, died. So you have to come for crimination. Immediately you must do the crimination because, you know, the HIV, the ch these children born with HIV and AIDS, say when they die, uh, the immediately they have the tuberculosis and other disease, the, all the viral virus will come out. So people should not touch because other people will get, the, get into trouble. The, um, so immediately, within six hours, we must bury the body, or we must uh, cremate. So then I said, okay, how can I go? Now I have to go and meet this top officer. I, I reached the place, I met the top officer, I told him, sir, sir, I have not done anything, but now I had to go again, because the child died. I had to go immediately, I must serve, serve the community. He said, I will close the file. You go ahead. You are doing good work. Amen. He closed, yeah. dismissed the case. It happened. Last one thing happened. Yeah, praise God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I, I can give many incidents like that. You yes. know. Yes. See yes. how God works. How God works. And we, we, a couple, I think it was a couple of Sundays ago, we were praying for this legal matter. Yeah. And it's all resolved. God used before. the yeah. tragedy mm -hmm. of a girl that died yeah. to give you a reason to not have to be at the court. And he just releases you. So you're a free man. You're free. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hope so. And, and I wanted to share just the story of um, the audit. Um, you know, we faced much persecution over the years. And God just continues to, to provide a way uh, for us, no matter the obstacles. I remember, I think this was 20, 2021, um, we were finding ourselves audited by the government, which happened very rarely. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, it was because we're a Christian organization and they're trying to find an appeal, something wrong with us to be able to shut down the organization. Mm. And I remember you were, you were sick yeah. uh, with COVID at that time. COVID so I believe yeah. the time of the meeting, mm. Ulrich had to step in to take over the meeting, correct? Yeah. And, and so Ulrich is meeting with these two auditors who've come to look over our books. They spend an afternoon going through every single number, and after seeing everything that we're doing, understanding the legitimacy of the organization, being government officials, they both left the meeting asking how they could personally finance yeah. the organization. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. So it's just <laughs> how God turns stories Work of the Holy Spirit. Work of the Holy Spirit. Because by, not by our, you know, intelligent, our money can do, can't do this yeah. work. 
So I, many times, prayer, 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 you know. I request my workers to kneel down and pray. Get up 4 o'clock and open the church for, open the church at 4.30 and spend time with God. Then they, the church must be open the whole day. That is, that is a philosophy we have. Then every Saturday or one of these days, the whole day the pastor must spend time with God with, without mobile phone and everything. So the prayer helps me a lot. That leads into read the word of God. That leads into live a holy life. Once we have the life with God, people look and people started to give. People started to give the sympathy. So nowadays, you have to pray for me three things. Number one, many Christian organizations, they are fighting against the government. They have a procession, they have, they're carrying the signs and protests and everything. But when I asked God, God said, no, you must suffer, you must accept. Uh, you know, John 12, 24, the, unless the grain die, it won't give the fruit. So God said that you must um, allow your people to uh, agree to suffer for the sake of kingdom of God. So we always keep quiet, but we must do the good work. We must have a good testimony and whatever the God leads, we have to do it. So I'm requesting my workers to suffer a lot for the sake of the kingdom of God. Instead of fighting, instead of asking for the rights and everything, number one. Then you please pray for us. Our trust must be on God only, even the future. Because we have, you know, already 60 children died. All the six children, when they, at the dying stage, they say that, Jesus, you know, that, that itself shows me happy that we'll meet them in the heaven. So now uh, the HIV, AIDS, the rates are going down, but the government is not giving any care to them. So many sick people, many, many sick people are there everywhere we see, handicapped people, HIV with handicapped people. So the, uh, uh, recently we thought we should go to hospital to hospital and we help the needy people because I have the resources. We have the, we have the resources of HIV nurses. We have, we have trained up many HIV children into the nurses. They can go and touch the HIV people. They can give the uh, Jesus to in hospitals and the place where they need. So that's my prayer. So in the second place, we want to do the, the most neediest place, we want to go and do the work. Thirdly, you have to pray for us. The, uh, the finance may be stopped. The government is very much particular about get, receiving the foreign funds. Already, you know, you know. So every three months, they give the time to get the foreign fund. Everything, just they are extending. You please pray that in case the foreign fund is stopped, we must be uh, trusting the God. We should not go away. We should not, nobody should go back. Kindly pray for these three things. So um, I'm once again happy that uh, God, is, God has worked in your heart and you are helping a lot. Especially, I'm also happy that 52.4 under the leadership of Sister Dorothy, they are doing very good job. They are coming and encouraging. And uh, Pastor Tucker is coming and encouraging. Once again, he's planning to come in January. We are, uh, our pastors are very much strengthened spiritually because of this pastor's visit. Um, and Brother John Mayer, he's the one now I'm staying in his house. I'm very, very thankful to his family, you know. The, about to be, you know, on 16, the year 2016, the ministry about to be closed. But he, 
uh, his, he, John Mayer and his wife gave their life for this ministry. Uh, he cried with me. And, you know, now from that day onwards until today, you know, uh, I'm thankful to God for this family. So in such a way, Tucker <laughs> and his mother, I love his mother so much. <laughs> Man, woman of prayer, you know. Yeah, she's a nice like, lady. Like I have many. <laughs> <laughs> so I have many people like that. Amen. I don't like to give yes. other names Amen. and everything, Amen. you know. Yeah, it's a special. It's a very special, special thing. Yeah, very special. Yeah, like uh, you know, you came and uh, you got uh, listen the same way. My second son, uh, he was very much uh, uh, you know uh, about to be joined with the gang leaders you know, at the age of eighteen. So I did. My wife and myself, we, we are very sad because we are doing the ministry. He is in doing something. So we used to kneel down and pray. We put our hand at, at the time of sleeping. So one day, there was an opportunity. I got it. Uh, someone, some missionary from North India asked someone to come and teach the computer technology. So I said, my son, you go to the mission, the tribal area, teach computer to somebody. He was very happy to take the computer and went. <laughs> While coming back, he came with a different thing. Amen. Mission, mission. Amen. So the mission trip which you are sending yeah. is really thankful. Yeah. We are thankful to God uh, and you are also blessed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gunnar. Thank you. Um, I'm going to, we're going we're gonna to wrap up. I want to show a quick video. One thing about Guna that I absolutely love about you is that you are always tinkering with different ways to reach people. He's writing you know, little workbooks and coloring books yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. music videos. You write songs. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know, you're inserting prayer tracks around property. Yeah, 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 You've yeah. got prayer gardens everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he wants to do the Bible village. You've yeah. got the, the beach property maybe yeah. someday for kids to go and, and rest. So... One thing about Guna, and there's just certain guys that God makes this way, is everything is an opportunity for the gospel. Yeah. And I say that because he's also, he makes films. He's always making little movies, little testimony <laughs> movies, movies. Yeah, yeah, little yeah. dramatizations. Yeah. <laughs> They're all very because good. It's like a story. We are keeping, I already made a hundred stories of the life of the children. hundred, uh, hundred testimony stories yeah, of his, yeah. of his. So, so, so I want to show one video. Love, and this yeah, is his son, love Henry. He's going to be the narrator. Yeah. And uh, Henry mm-hmm. also plays Guna when they do dramatization of Guna's younger life because he looks just like you from the 80s and 90s. <laughs> so if you wonder what Guna looked like when he was a boy. This He's is my dad's son. Yeah. Uh, he has my heart, same yeah. heart. Amazing. So already he spent 12 years in the mission field. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so happy. In yeah. the remote area, he went and spent time with God, time with the people. So Amen. now he's taking up my work. Yeah, so here's, here's, here's a story from, uh, for the ministry and, and narrated by Henry. Dear brothers and sisters, Today, I would like to share about the first child who came to Home of Hope. Her name is Sheba. Sheba's mother committed suicide and her dad became mentally ill. Later, her grandmother was unable to care for her due to severe poverty. Her grandmother later brought Sheba to the Home of Hope. When she came to Home of Hope, She was in a traumatic condition and after giving proper love and care, she started to grow spiritually and in every area of life. She completed her nursing course successfully and then she got married to a pastor who is serving in Bangalore. 
now they are blessed with two children and she is a medical superintendent in a very big hospital in Bangalore. The first baby who came to Home of Hope. 18 years back, early in the morning, we found a baby in the doorstep of our church. And immediately we contacted the police people and they came and the next day the information about the baby was published in the newspaper. As no one came to claim the baby, the baby was given custody to us to be cared under the home of home. So after 18 years, the child has successfully completed her pre-university course and she is going to join college the next year. So God brings children who are thrown away and forsaken by their parents and this is a home of shelter and home of refuge for these children. Now I want to talk about the child Sangeeta who was the first HIV child who came to Home of Hope in the year 2004. This child after the death of her parents came with her brother and sister and as they had no place to go we started to give care to her and now she is married and well settled with our one of our home of our boy Shivanand. Sangeeta completed her nursing serving in a place called Giddenahalli which is a HIV colony and they are helping many HIV patients by giving nutrition and medical care. The latest baby who came to Home of Hope was on September 2022, where a mother who was living with HIV was abandoned by the husband. So after she gave birth, she had no place to go. So she sought refuge from Calvary Chapel Trust and now the baby and the mother are doing very well in the project of Calvary Chapel Trust. And I believe the child will one day grow to be a woman of God. Now you have seen the first child who came to Home of Hope and the first baby who came to Home of Hope and the latest baby who has come to Home of Hope and also about the first child living with HIV who came to our home. We can understand through this video that the most needy children are given care and love in our home of hope. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you guys for yeah. doing all that you yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, Wonderful. This, Wonderful this, moment in my life. Yeah, special <laughs> moment. Such a special Very people. special moment yeah. for me yeah. too. Um, if you haven't had a chance to say hello to Guna, mm -hmm. if you haven't met Drew, I would love for you guys to get to connected however the Lord puts it on your heart. Um, uh, we're going to stand and, and do a, a final song of worship and take some communion. Another picture of God just providing as he provides his son and he gives us life. 
Um, Gunnar, would you come back up and lead us in a time of prayer? So as the communion elements are coming out, uh, hold on to them, and then I'm going to have Guna come up and uh, lead us in a time of taking communion together. And then, like I said, if, uh, if anything the Lord puts on your heart, if you want to sign up or tell Drew you want to someday go to India, if you want to support a child orphan, if you want to just encourage Guna Victoria, have him pray for you, um, this is just a special day for our church. So I encourage you to, to uh, do whatever the Lord puts on your heart. And um, yeah, thank you.